0: Good people. This it's reg. It's stone.
1: And we are here right now. We've taken our funds and bought this nice little warehouse off the Florida docks. After having a life-changing experience that is listening to the New Push T record, we've both decided that we need to kind of escape this capitalistic system. So we've decided to become cocaine dealers. <laughs> <laughs> we believe we have a plan. We've listened to all the mixtapes from We Got It For Cheap to the solo records. You know, we, we're, we're doing the hard research, you know what I'm saying? I've got my, you know, Rayquan lyrics printed out here. You know, we've got a Jewish lawyer. I feel like that's the, that's the running <laughs> stereotype a lot of these things. Not problematic at all. And I think you're ready to go very, you know, go, go all the way, you know what I'm saying? Get our brick and bad on,
0: baby. Yo, I I, I will say that uh, after listening to the Push album twice, I, I I do feel like I am a certified narco. You know, I, like I I yeah, bro. I I was
1: I I going back the discussion. I was just like, damn. I feel like driving around in my Camry and pretending I'm driving a '98 Honda Accord of gold ribs. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> putting that window down, just flashing back to the era of fucking Jabros and just pretending I'm the man on these streets.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, we we were talking about the new Pusha T album. Uh, where you know he, he talks about the, the impact of inflation, and you know world events on the world of, of, of cocaine. No, he doesn't do that. Um. I, I,
1: I would make an argument that you know if I had to give my TED talk, I would say that Pusha T does a very eloquent. Actually, all drug dealing rappers do a very eloquent explanation of of the Puritan prosperity gospel ethic. And capitalism I'll, I'll make an argument It's Oh
0: yeah hands. No definitely I, I, I actually would listen to A you know A pusher T Like you know Diatribe about like Inflation How it pushes up The supply chain Of cocaína You know I, I feel like the culture Needs that You know <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> On CNBC Yeah, Like four o'clock <laughs> Yes <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh but now the push of t dropped and, and this is probably i don't know what time is but I, I i assume this is like the the most major rap album uh drop of the year
1: yeah i can't yeah i can't i can't think of i mean this this beginnings the daily which you go from this into feature into kendrick I can't think of everything else as a Yeah, this is this is it. This is this is the beginning. The beginning of the torrential downpour of, of mainstream rap record releases.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I I will say this. You know, Pusha is giving you classic Push T. I think he's leaning into the coke metaphors very heavy on this album.
1: <laughs> the cocaine, <laughs> you <know>. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> you know,
0: like I I I don't know if Pusha knows what else to talk about. Like I, I almost feel like there needs to be like those games where they give you a topic and you have to like pantomime. What would Pusha T do? You know, I don't know. Talking, he doesn't even talk about like strip clubs, right? Like just regular rap shit. You know, like I, I took your girl. I mean, he kind of does, but it's also like I took your girl to Cuba. Or to what you, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I'm getting a load of coke back on my way back. <laughs> it's on like, my way back, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anything that deviates from the Coke reference norm is still related to the Coke reference. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but having, you know, having I said, it's, it's a solid Pusha T album. Um, I don't I know where it falls in the pantheon of Pusha albums, um, and also too, I'm not going to compare these Eclipse albums just because um, I, I, I feel like that's unfair. There's a lot of nostalgia there. Um, you know, I thought Daytona was a really solid Pusha T album, and that still might rank a little bit higher than this one for me. Um, but the more I listen to this, the more I just like I understand what Push is doing here. Like, there's a there's a few songs where you know he's trying different flows, um, he's trying like different production, um, and apparently Pharrell kind of was kind of pushing him to, to kind of do some of that work. Um. So you know, like I, 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 I kind of have to commend him for that. Um, but yeah, it's a solid Push to the album. Um, I, I think like the singles, I guess, as you call it, like Diet Coke, like great singles. Um, just great thumping, great like you know bass, great like you know just like it, it, they always create this dark, sinister kind of like I am cooking. You know In the basement Like tone That he's been able To kind of master And as we talked about Last week I I think he's just he, He knows his lane He knows how to Hone in on it And he knows how To just like Make quality you know So Yeah Just show, delicious
1: Yeah no It's it's. I, I love it And I feel like There's a lot of Discourse about The fact of Where The only talks About cocaine raps And I definitely See the issue there But that said I, I think that That's why we go to him. It's just like Like I'm not gonna Go to a Slayer concert To hear them Talk about like You know I was saved by Jesus I go there To hear You know Genocide murder shit And I think that While you know Objectively We can say that It's not necessarily the most wholesome music to consume, I will say that you really can't get mad at it because what's kind of crazy is the fact of where, you know, a lot of bands, a lot of music music acts kind of go to the same way. It's very much like, hey, they sold us X amount the first time. We're going to do it. Get the same producers, get the same thing, and it sounds tired. What's kind of fascinating about Pusha T is that he has not deviated from this world at all, you know, but he's still fresh. Like, it's it's weird to see how like decades in he's still having these really hilarious one-liners just about dealing drugs in where there's been, and not even by like, it's not even an exaggeration millions of one-liners about, about (laughs) dealing drugs. Like, like there's millions of them that exist in the rap pantheon, but somehow he's still in like the top, like, like 1%. So it's crazy to me. Um, what I liked about this album though, and I think unlike Daytona is with Daytona, I'm going to do a little hate. I like Daytona a lot. I liked what he was going for. But I do think that, going back to your idea of nostalgia, I think that it was only in comparison to that weird, you know, as, as we're used to now, that weird Kanye West mental health crisis call-out album rollout blitz that was that happened last time. It's been happening with the Donna releases. Yeah. Where, you know, he drops these albums. You know, his album was mid Tiana Taylor was pretty good. You know, uh, the, the kids, see ghost with kid Cudi, I think had some highlights, but I think it's safe to say wasn't nearly the highs of either one of their records. Normally, I think we kind of judged everything on a scale. And I think that Daytona coming out as classic Pusha T made it the best record out of all of it. Um, for me, what I think edges this record out is the thing is, and going back to like your point about, we don't want to rate things against the clips. For me where Pusha T kinda shines, and this is the irony, is like, look, we know what he's gonna say. He's gonna say some yeah. some really witty one liners on about cocaine. I think where he shines is when you give him interesting production because it, it draws things out of him. So for me, and it you know, it's not necessarily all Pharrell, but Pharrell's the primary driver here. There are some definitely unusual beats here. Like, you know, like my, like one of my favorites is Call My Bluff. Just yeah. because it's literally, it's like, and I and I, and I mean this in a good way. It's it's like like somebody made a crappy beat on GarageBand. It's like four or five notes. And this eight oh eight hits is very minimal, but it's such a weird, sinister sounding song that it calls back to like the Hell Half No Fury era. it yeah, I think that another track that kind of goes there, like that reminds me is like, come on, let the smokers shine the coops, which is just such a dark. Dark record where he's got dope fiends just cleaning up his car outside. Like the visuals are just already fucked up, and you've got the sample, but like somebody's hitting that NPC really a little too hard, so it just sounds like off kilter and weird. And I think that's where I think he shines because, you know, like, again, yeah, you give him uh, like and 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 I think that's why I like that record as opposed to those records, as opposed to like the scrape it off the top with uh, Uzi Vert and Don Tolliver. Again, love Don Tolliver. Again, I still feel Uzi Vert is underrated as a rapper, but you could tell like this was like the, the this is the radio play song. This is the song that he wants to like, get in the hot ninety seven. And I think that while he murders it, to me it's just like he it always sounds the grimier and the more annoyed push it sounds like when he's got a rap at you, I think it's always the best. And I think we had more moments here than we had with Daytona, just because based off the production, Kanye's always tends to be a little cleaner. Although I will say to give the crazy man some props, uh, dreaming of the past, I thought was really kind of a cool, like off-kilter Kanye beat where yeah. he's laying the sample ride. There aren't really any drums. I thought he kind of set his experimental chops up a little bit more there, whereas like a weird mix of Griselda shit. Like I, I thought that was a standout, and I think that a lot of the a lot of the blabber today is about who killed the beat between Kanye and Pharrell. Where for me, I would actually say Pharrell. But I could also see the other side of it. So I think that, you know, they bought game. But long story short, I put this above Daytona strictly based off the production for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, and <clears throat> I, and I, I think like, I, I probably have to disagree. I think the production, cause, uh, you know, Scrape It Off to me was probably, yeah, it's, it's like the weakest track. And it's like the radio play track. And I think like with Daytona, there was no radio play tracks. Agreed. Weak weak production. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. And I, I, I feel like there's a few tracks where I was kind of like, you know, what? It's, it's the production is a little bit off. Um, maybe they're just trying some some different things. Like that's really, you know, it's fine. Like, but um, I, I think that's that's kind of like maybe the difference between this and Daytona. Um, you know, having said like again, like this, this is like you know you like. I, I had to find this. I was looking for this, this line. The purest snow we sell in white privilege. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's weird because, like, that's a corny-ass line, right? It's corny as fuck. If Drake, like, said that line, it would be corny as fuck and we'd clown Drake. The way that Pusha delivers that line... Yes. It's just so, like, menacing and so just, like, you know... I don't know. This is so deep. Like, it's like it commands respect. Right.
1: It's I'm, I'm going to show my age. I feel like certain, I feel like there's an art with certain rappers where it's the way it's not even about their flow, but it's the way to enunciate. Like you look at somebody like Ross. So Ross is definitely, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. Ross is, is a solid rapper, but he's not going to win any crazy MC battles. Yeah. He doesn't have these crazy insane metaphors but he's got this voice where it just sounds like it's almost sounds scholarly. And like I said, it's just, you have that juxtap- juxtaposed with the, the the lyrical content. It seems like, you know, it's, it's kind of gives it an edge. The same thing with Pusha T where, like I said, he, he just sounds like it's like literally he hopped off the airplane. He's got like, you know, a glass of ACE in his fucking hand and a white butler comes and annoys him because he's got to pick up a phone call. So it was just like this almost disdain, where it's like, I've got to stop what I'm doing to rap at you, with it's kind of fish's whole like, worldview and the way he kind of, like, it's, it's interesting because, you know, and, and even there's a whole thing about mumble rap and yada, 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 what's fascinating is that even though he's doing a lot of different flows, it's always extremely clear what he's saying. You'll never need a lyric sheet for Pusha. Yeah. Pusha is very much like, I want you to understand, like, you know, the, the voices he queued, it's probably compressed. It's like there's never any like shitty mic problems like you have with Matt Kameh. As a matter of fact, I forget which song, but one of the Yay guest verses, I was like, oh shit, you could kind of tell he, he had the shitty voice, like he had the crappy yeah. mic.
0: Yeah. yeah, and
1: I was like, but like, like that would never happen for Pusher. Pusher wants to make sure, like, I can, I can be pretty sure that when a Pusher record comes out, 80% of the time getting spent on mixing, is his vocals. He's just like, this shit, yeah. I can't, my T's aren't coming out the way I need you to do. <laughs> Go out there and fix that up there, engineer guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, and I think, like, that's just, like, the thing where, like, like like he, he is a master of his voice, and his voice is the instrument. And, yes. And, you know, there's a lot of times when you do just kind of get that minimal, like, you know, I, I feel like you know, even the clip stuff it was very minimal in production, right? It was all about the voice, and his voice kind of set the tone, and his voice kind of set like the mood, um, and that's a skill. That, that is definitely a skill, um, you know. So, yeah, like, and, and then also too, like, it, 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 I, I really actually kind of want like a, I don't know, like a Top Boy, Pusha T, like Netflix show. Like yes. I, I, I feel really feel like he sets the mood, um, and I you know like a lot of coke rappers do, um, but I I feel like he sets the mood in a way that's just like really interesting. It's not like a, hom- a homage to like you know Scarface, right? It's very contemporary, you know, um, you know. And he talks about how I think he's he's admitted that obviously he's not like you know like, you know, moving like weight from Santo Domingo or whatever. Um, but he talks about like <laughs> how he he still admires those dudes. And it's like a tribute to that this culture, um, you know, that they exist because of America's insatiable demand for drugs, you know. Uh, and I think that's like kind of what he's kind of saying, Like you know, he's like, hey, I'm I guess I'm the villain. I guess I'm the Joker. But like, you know, I I am empowered by somebody. You know so i'm gonna live this life and it kind of comes off in this way of just like you know this is just how it is fam like i found my i found my job i this is my career like a linkedin coke dealer <laughs> 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 you know <laughs> and it's just like said with such confidence you know that that like you 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 pretty much believe it
1: yeah no it's and for me it's like you said it's it's the way he kind of is the way the words, the verbiage he uses, and like going back to your point about that white privilege line, it's a, it's a spectacular line because it reads on multiple levels. There's a point where I forget where he says along the lines of like stolen youth, but like, you know, now i um, you know, insert some kind of, you know, I'm rocking yada yada suits. I forget exactly the way the verbiage is, but you kind of get the point where, that even in there, you kind of, there's an acknowledgement of there's pain there. It's, it's not a full, like, as opposed to, I don't do a compare and contrast with Frost. Ross is a hundred percent in luxury mode. You know, clips does get grimy where it's like, I was, they'll be like a compare and contrast of where, you know, they're in their world. Yes. There's jets, but there's also corner boys. There's also things happening Like yeah. go, going back to your point about the, the, the top, the top boy. Like you, you could do it because yeah, at his level, he's talking about private jets, but definitely shooters have a place there. Definitely going back to the, the, the fucking smokers, you know, I'm cleaning coops there's fiends involved and like I said it's there's a worldview that's a little wider not to say again I don't think you're going to invite you know <laughs> push T to talk about the social political problems of inner-city drug use but like it's he's definitely a there's definitely a palette being painted here that's not just like you know rims fly coke flying out bad yeah. bitch on my arm it's again everything is, is very eloquently said he's very visual rapper It's not, again, like things like even like the cocaine Dr. Seuss. When he says that, I I laugh because like I I imagine like the the Seuss fonts pops in my head, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, oh shit. It's like he's just so way, he's just got a way of kind of just putting that together. And, And like I said, it's, I get the idea of where at the end of the day it's a very specific viewpoint, but you get so much mileage out of it. Like I said, it's just like, you know, Listening to a Pusha T record, I get a lot of just really smart, well-written music that I don't normally get from a lot more things, are a little bit more, let's say, and I hate this term, you know, I won't say woke, I hate, I feel like we got to retire the term woke, but other rappers who've got a wider sociopolitical view, you know, they're definitely kind of touching on things, but like, like I said, at the end of the day, his pen is so great, it's just like, you know, and, and I think it's like going to like an Elmore Leonard album. I mean, album, book. It's just like, oh yeah, he does crime shit, and this is what he's painting. And like, I can't, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, he gave he gives you what you need. Like, and, and like the quality has been top tier. You know, he may have a couple of weird choices, like you made mention. This record has a couple more radio friendly joints. That's always been a big issue, I think, of the with, with Pusha T and Clips in general. Later in the career, where I felt like earlier on. With Hell Hath and particularly with uh what was the first record? Lord Willen. Well, Lord Willen, yeah. I thought had a good balance of club songs. But then again I felt like that was the heyday of club songs and yeah. the heyday of Neptune. So it's probably easier to kinda have thug music and club music kinda come together and not be pandering. Yeah. As it is now where you know everything kinda has a really sharp R and B hook or autotune. But uh but like I said, it's just like the, the world view he paints is very, very, very spectacular. And it's interesting because and like I could even see it on my Twitter it's 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 very rare where music nerd writer Twitter goes nuts.
0: Yeah, you know it'll
1: it'll be like all right, oh yeah, new feature dope, yada yada yada, this and that dope. You know, like, you know a lot of, but like for some reason, I even say put it even above Kendrick. But for some reason, people go nuts that little that little, and op- objectively, sometimes very white corner goes nuts for it. And I think it's just because at the end of the day, you have to applaud the pen. He's saying a lot of interesting. It 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 may be the same topic, but it's very interestingly written. At the
0: yeah. End of the day. yeah, yeah. And I, I'll close with this too, because you know you were saying like you know Ross is kind of luxury rap, and it, it's really interesting too. Like like Pusha is is it's almost like I read this article about Succession, the the show, and like you know you, they're basically all billionaires and they have yachts and private planes, but it's literally just like how the the, the way they treat a private plane is the way you treat your Honda. Right. It's just like a, a way to get somewhere <laughs> <laughs> fat, you know, um, and I feel like it's just really interesting, you know, because you're talking about woke music. But, you know, like we have this like, you know, and rap, there's club music. You know, it's like I'm going to go to the club. I'm going to like, you know, like spend 100 G's like blah, blah. And like, I, it, like I'm i just like looking at this one line. It's just like, you know, annoyed because this bitch calling. I, I don't even know how to pronounce it either. So he's annoyed with me, too. Lanvin 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 Whatever Right He's just You know And it's just like He's literally Kind of sitting there Probably in the back Of his Maybach Or or whatever And he's with this chick And like I think Like a less talented Rapper Would just be like Oh this chick is Dueling me Blah 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 Like I get this cash But he's like No Like I, I I'm sitting here And I have these French luxury goods And this This chick is Mispronouncing it you know like yes. it's like a very like very kind of like it's, <laughs> it's like specific it goes, level pissed off
1: <laughs> yeah it's and like it's, it's, it's the idea of where and even with the whole thing of how he calls himself a villain that's what makes it great it's like it's i don't know how i can describe it it's almost like all right you can make an argument this horrorcore rap you could make an argument a lot of people are this bad people on record. Like, you could make an argument that Future, Future is a fuckboy. Future's, even though you can make, you know, we can make the debate where he definitely shows you the pain comes from being, his, having his broke heart, he's a cold-hearted individual. He's a cold-hearted, misogynistic individual on 80% of his songs. What I love about Pusha T, though, what makes it bigger than life, like I said, is the idea of where a a, a a regular rap would've been like I want this hot bitch yada yada yada, but the disdain the, the it's it's the it's like it's like a ri- it's like it's like it's it's like Batman fucking with Bane where Bane is giving one liners it's like Thanos yeah. showing up and like saying fucking shit it's just like it's the next level of villainy whereas it's like oh like and that, and that's what I think I like about him which makes him better because like I said there's definitely nihilistic abhorrent shit you know fuck the world blah blah blah. Like I said, there's something about the way he does it where, like I said, it's just an interesting worldview. And like I said, it's very interesting that he said you said top voice, very cinematic. It's yeah. not just like, yeah. oh yeah, blah blah blah, shoot shoot da 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 da. It's like yeah, those things are being said, but it's painted in a weird way. His attitude is a little different. It's just like, is just like ah, oh, this is a really like, and like I said, I think that's why ultimately it's easy for him to, I won't say necessarily easy, but why he's able to stay in that lane and make it really interesting it's just because he paints a picture it's just like at the end of the day you know i we've all seen you know i've, I've seen a thousand to one horror movies i've seen a thousand to one action movies it's very easy to sit down there and like you know be able to call the plot as i always laugh at how people i know from cali and they feel like it's in the water when I'll sit there and we'll watch them, they would be like, yeah, XYZ is going to happen. I'm like, damn, you motherfuckers get, like, screenwriting classes at, like, fucking 12? <laughs> 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 but it's the idea of where there's nothing new under the sun, but, like I said, it's, everybody appreciates, though, a really good genre movie. Everybody appreciates a really good Western. Everybody appreciates a really good superhero story, even though we know the basic origins, and that's what's kind of cool about Pusher, where he just knows how to draw from these influences and make them new. Obviously, like, you definitely get the critique of where you could get some rappers who could do both, who could, A, get new, you know, get new inspirations, go into different topics and give you different things. But at the same time, I can't get mad at somebody rapping at a really high fucking level. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, look, you know, that, that, that push of the shipment's coming. We got you. Like... <laughs> <laughs> we
1: got the warehouse open. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come through. You know. <laughs> we don't have any... <laughs> We got that Andre. I ain't got that Ace. We got Viles of Andre. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a PlayStation, not five, PlayStation four.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. But, well, but like I well, said, it, yeah, what yeah, else man. is there? No, no yeah, I was going to say yeah. is
1: but we kind of touched on this. It's, it's, it's about to be. It's a, I guess, you know, it's, if he's saying it's dry, really, it's a flood of new music. How about uh-oh,
0: that? Uh How about uh-oh. that? That's
1: right. Going for that that big... Podcast voice money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mailchimp, <laughs> Audible, <laughs> but uh, but I I think I'll say this much. I I, I and uh, while we could hem and haw about Pusha where it kind of lies as far as the pantheon is concerned, I do think as far as this being the big rap release of the year so far. Does bode well because I felt like last year was kind of you know we we kind of talked about the Kanye oh well, actually no Kanye West would be the other big rap release which was better than average I think we kind of both hit on but still not you know what we were expecting or you know saying it's 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 I think that it was it punched above its weight but it still needed work yeah I, I will say that in comparison to last year well, what were the big rap records of last year that anybody cared about it's hard to kind of think back All I remember was fucking uh, Drake's Dub
0: Tyler so Tyler, Tyler was yeah, good. Was that good. Yes, was that Tyler last year? Was, yeah, that, was, last that year. was that
1: was last year. Tyler was yeah. last year, and, but again, it's also weird because you could definitely make the argument that while wow, Tyler definitely has mainstream success. Is is he a mainstream rapper?
0: No, no, yeah, but like he doesn't he doesn't need to be. But I, I think Kendrick is a rapper that you know I think everybody's looking at because I think Tyler has his niche audience and he knows how to make money from them and he knows how to get them to like you know come to Madison Square Garden and sell out right whereas Kendrick yes. I I think is obviously the heir apparent right to like the, the the throne of Jay-Z and Nas in a lot of people's minds so a Kendrick album I think is, is definitely like the largest album that will come out uh, I, you know, culturally and critically, I think uh, this year um, for sure.
1: Yes. Agreed. 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 And it's going to be interesting because, you know, going back to the idea, there'll be a thousand and one think pieces, lots of pressure there. Five years, biggest rapper in the world, Pulitzer Prize winning. You know, th- there's a lot of fucking heat there. But I, I will say that, you know, even objectively, I think what's kind of fascinating about Kendrick is that Kendrick is somebody who puts together very well put together thoughtful projects, where it's really hard to like view it. Like he's, he'll always give you the bars and the flows. Like I, I'd almost even make an argument where that's almost the least interesting thing about Kendrick. Like it's weird. I don't remember many Kendrick verses, but I remember many Kendrick songs. If it makes any word sense. Yeah. No. Definitely. You know, like he, like he makes like like there's there's things he does where he definitely has a wider vision than a lot of other people. Going back to the idea of Pusha T. Where Pusha T is very much bar driven, Kendrick is very much songs, very much albums, a, a much wider lens. It's going to be very interesting. And like and like I said, I'm, I'm kind of happy. I, I think that if Pusha's the big release, if a Kanye comes out a couple months ago when there's a slight upswing as far as quality is concerned, hopefully it's a big year for the big boys just cuz you know, it's it's always nice to hear like, you know, cool hip hop, you know, on a Big white screen hip hop for real budget being blasted in cars in the summer. You know what I'm saying? For me, that's a big part of us getting back to normal. So hopefully, you know, the quality keeps on coming.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's really interesting about Kendrick, too, because like, like Kendrick has like singles and quote unquote hits, pop hits, but they're not really pop hits. Right. Like Humble. Right. Is like, you know, a very hard edge rap album. But I heard that come out from every car. You yes. know. Yes like on every block, you know, we going to be all right was not even something. I think like people when Pippa up butterfly came out. People were like really gravitated to, but that became an anthem like four years later. Like, like yeah. Kendrick has these really interesting ways to kind of move the culture. Um, but I don't it, like, it feels authentic. It feels like he's not trying that hard. Um, you know, even though I'm sure he's trying <laughs> <laughs> like, he's probably up till like 8 in the morning Like every night You know he's trying really really hard y'all um, but, He's in uh, a cave
1: somewhere With a whole bunch of fucking billboards And like fucking felt pen and papers He's Maps. In probably like
0: a, a legit Bat cave You know <laughs> trying to, to write these rhymes for you people um, But yeah no So like, I, it'll be interesting to kind of see t- To just like you know Kendrick Has always kind of reinvented himself Every album I think this is like one of the excitement for me. It's just like, what is he going to come out with next? Like damn was like very hard edge. Uh, Pippa butterfly. was like, you know, jazzy, I guess. Um, you know, good kid, Matt city was like, you know, more introspective and in storytelling. Um, so it's just kind of like, what is he going to, uh, do, you know, like like it's almost like Tyler or Tyler reinvents himself. Kendrick does it on a very interesting level. So I think yes. that's also like building like, you know, my excitement. Because like, what, what is the theme of this next album? So, yeah, looking forward
1: yeah, no, to it. He, and you nail it. It's just like, it's like, we don't know what we're going to get.
0: Push a T on the other
1: hand. <laughs> we kind of knew. <laughs> but you're right. Kendrick could go from any, if he dropped a, a like a pop punk album, we wouldn't be too surprised. He'd be like, damn, I guess he's giving that a try. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah yeah. The, the, what's the, ready for this re- ah, re- re- Alright here <clears throat> This is my White Times Magazine Writer hot take Kendrick Lamar Is the radio head Of hip hop Yeah There yeah. it is There it is Yeah, yeah. Me and my 2.5 kids In my Subaru <laughs> so I'm ready to go <laughs> Ready to go
0: <laughs> Oh man <sighs> Uh
1: uh, so I put something on 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 the notes, which I was gonna hit, attack from a negative angle, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from that because we're all about love. Uh, long story short, it's, it's semi Julia Banks related. All I'll say is, even though she's my problematic mag fave, I wish you would stop talking shit on the internet. But uh, I just want to kind of give her a quick weird shout out. Um, we kind of didn't cover when it first came out, but about a month ago, there was a second tape that leaked to Isaiah Rashad. Um. We was having intercourse with men. It was a whole big thing. What I thought was very enlightening. It was kind of cool for a very first time. Was motherfuckers were like, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, and that was basically that was that was beginning and end of the drama. And then, uh, so I don't know, did he perform at Coachella or was it like he he, he was guesting?
0: No, I, I think he performed at Coachella, and yeah. yeah, and that was like the the bulk the, the intro of his performance actually addressing you know, the rumors and basically saying, yep, that was me. <laughs> yeah. just,
1: and, 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 and he, that was it. Like, like that was it. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's, a, it's what's awesome about it. It goes back to the idea of where I think, I think every, I think that the minority dream is to be able to be mediocre and that's fine. <laughs> and I think here, the idea of where he's come out and it's not a big scandal. It's not any kind of big thing. It's just like, Oh, just, yeah, that is what it is. It's kind of awesome. So, kind of props to I guess all of us as a culture for slowly moving things over forward I mean I guess the idea is that at the end of the day it's kind of cool that you know we can have a rapper that's out we can have somebody doing these cool things that we don't really stone them for it which is kind of like again a very fucking low bar but a bar I'll take all things considered
0: yeah no definitely definitely and I, and I feel like you know we you know obviously there's people like Lil Nas X and, and, and things like that who who kind of paved the way for a rapper who plays Coachella to to actually, you know, admit this. Um, You know, and and, uh, I don't think, you know, we still have a lot of ways to go. Hip-hop is a very misogynist and, you know, homophobic culture. You know, like you had the baby coming out with you know, when when with Lil Nas X, and then, you know, obviously Azalea Banks coming out and and saying some some dumb shit with Isaiah Rashad. You know, I feel like you're always going to have your dumb shit, right? You're always going to have your people who who feel like they need to prove themselves when somebody is just trying to live their lives, right? And and you know, um, but I I think I want to focus on the positive. I think you know, like I you know, whoever like leaked this video was like oh, there's so much dumb homophobia in hip hop. This is going to ruin this dude's career, you know? And the fact to me, look, I didn't really know. I knew of Isaiah Isaiah Rashad, but I wasn't checking for Isaiah Rashad. Now I am just because of the fact that he's owning it and he's not going to let these people like, you know, like do that. And like, we're, we've, we've taken a step, maybe it's a baby step, but we're taking a step where like you can have that and it doesn't ruin your career. You know? And I, I, yeah, got to uh, uh, applaud that.
1: Yep, I agree. We, we're, 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 you know, g- growth is for everybody, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we're working on ourselves, you know, slowly but surely. You know, we, we're trying to get to a place of where, you know, <laughs> where we can, we can deal coke no matter what age ethnicity <laughs> Skin color, you are. <laughs> we can all be in the car making fun of a bitch because she doesn't understand "quote unquote" the the the, the price of this fucking French fucking wine. You know what I'm saying? The, but maybe even the term "bitch" will be you know something that's more universal. It won't be it won't be inherited. We'll find new ways to be disdainful towards each other just based on class. You know what I'm saying? Just class. That's all. No no misogyny, no homophobia, no slurs. It's like I'm more richer than you, and I think that's. That's that's the future we all want. <laughs> 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 but uh, as far as that's concerned, it's our favorite time of the podcast where we discuss the new shit. You know what I'm saying? We're out here in these streets, driving around in our boom boxes. Not really. Bluetooth speakers. Driving around in the big Bluetooth headphones. Not really. Just like the little earbuds. You know what I'm saying? Driving around in the fucking Escalade. Not really. Sensible, you know, gas, you know, you know. California regulated cars That you know are Very efficient with gas But uh Yes New music
0: <laughs> New music <laughs> I, was, I was holding that in man Oh <laughs> uh, man um, I guess we want to talk about The Vince Staples Yes um, Ramona Park Broke my heart Yes um, uh, Yeah Go ahead I'll kick it off Um,
1: So I do remember When Vince was talking about this This was early in the pandemic He basically said he had two albums in the can Um, So while not formally You could say that this is a double album Because it's definitely Difference in production You could kind of tell They aren't necessarily coming from the same space You know 100% uh, Production wise is definitely kind of a similar album as far as the vibe is concerned, as far as what's happening here. Um, it's just interesting because the first record that came out, I guess, you know, quote unquote, his pandemic records was Finn Staples' Self Titled. That was very introspective, kind of made sense. We were all sad and shit. We were all sad boys inside. You know, Finn Staples, somebody where he's, I won't say he's been necessarily emotional, but he's been kind of tackling, you know, growing up in a certain kind of like, Criminal lifestyle And kind of You know Analyze it from Different perspectives From you know The trauma The familial trauma Personal trauma Societal ills Along those lines um, So that kind of Made sense We had Ramona Park Book of My Heart where it's kind of mind that same exact thing It's kind of fascinating Just because We've discussed this You know I'm a huge Vince Staples fan um, One of my favorite Young rappers out there Although I guess He's young anymore mm, I don't know I feel like we're Getting old But uh <laughs> But it's kind of fascinating because he's somebody where definitely you see him in interviews, very animated. Every time I see him somewhere, it's always like, damn, you know, he he should do comedy or have a TV show or something. So it's kind of interesting to see somebody who's generally a live wire, even in his music traditionally, for the most part, kind of throughout these two very subdued, very reminiscing kind of projects, basically looking back on past trauma. And while it's not necessarily... A sad fast is definitely a melancholy affair. So it's weird because it's still him kind of. And like I said, it's fascinating because he's not. I wouldn't necessarily call it emo. That would be very unfair. But it's definitely a wise person. Like somebody. it's, It's like you know, even though he's somebody still in his 20s, it definitely sounds like somebody in their 40s, post therapy, kind of looking at their child and kind of seeing like, hey, this is kind of fucked up, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and and I, I can't I can't be mad at Vince Staples. Um this is definitely a fairly weighty album just in terms of the tone and some of the like subject matter. And not in like a negative way per se, just more of uh this kind of felt like you know, like sometimes rappers it's like, you know, have like a dear diary. This kind of felt like not really a like dear diary, but it's just like a what am I trying to say? It it just felt like this really like him sitting on the porch, like just writing what he sees and kind of writing like, and then like looking back and saying like, "Man, like I grew up around all of this trauma, right?" And I think it was really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I I think like Vince is, is a really unique rapper. Um, you know, I I think he's very much somebody who's kind of like. um... I, you know he's finding his lane, and I think his lane is is very. You know, it's like I said, it's not horrorcore dark, but it's, it's definitely kind of like, you know, look at our society right now, and look at like you know like the violence, like it's kind of here, and like I I kind of just like see that and witness that, and I put this pen to paper, um, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, I I didn't finish the album, but like I, I feel like I got the, the gist halfway through. Um, it's it's to interrupt, it's a hard it's a it's a hard listen. Like it's, yeah.
1: it's not it's very like I said it's not it's not necessarily a per se, but it's definitely like a lot of like yo shit is fucked up my child was fucked up
0: type yeah album. yeah 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 for sure for sure and it's just like it's it's yeah. It, it's just like, it's one of those things where you realize that there's lots and lots and lots of stories out there. Um, and you know, I, I think he's like one of the radio right He says that he's trying not to make entertainment. This album is not entertainment. It's not like Drake. You know, this is like something where it's it's it, it's a story. And you know, I think him sharing it, him sharing his neighborhood, like that's just kind of like saying like, hey, like, like you know, these stories exist. You know, Yeah, it's a it's a hard listen. It's definitely a hard listen. It's it's an album that should have dropped in the winter.
1: Yeah, um. actually, agreed, agreed. <laughs> it's definitely a winter album, and I guess it, it's interesting because it's 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 a good album. It's like it, it's hard to kind of like, not, you know, it's hard not to say like a Very great Album, I like the fact of where it's definitely a little bit more West Coast leaning. I know he had FM, which was kind of an ode to like LA radio. This one, he's got like muscle kind of sticking in some beats. You know, it's, and like I said, it's, you could almost listen to some of it and be like, oh, this is kind of like a, a chill drive around, you know, in your car, nice day type shit. But like I said, this is, it doesn't take much, just crash beneath the surface and say, like, oh, we're talking about trauma. And and also, what's kind of fascinating is that, uh, and what hit me is, I guess, you know, even though I kind of made mention that he's somebody where he's had a wide variety of projects, we have to look at his, like, summertime, like, like, oh, six. Like, it's, his thing has always been, I guess, like, stolen black. Boy childhood like, yeah. like he's Like that's been His kind of focus And where yeah He'll have an album That might have some Like bigger beats He might have an album Where it's like Featured there Doing a hook He might have a song About how You know A lot of white gays But it feels like And it's fucked up Because it, 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 you know why Because he went through it It feels like it is, The core of it Is the fact of where He's like My childhood was stolen Kind of unfairly Because of the way The world is And like I said It's, it's an important message I think because I think going back to the idea of and going back to why we talked about that little part where you kind of gave props to Pusha, even though it's, it's definitely not most of the record, probably 1% of the time, is the idea of this acknowledgement there of where at the end of the day, shit is fucked up for these people. Like, it, it can be sweet. It may be positive. You may be out there hanging out with the fucking Escobars, doing lines of cocaine, all fucking glorious strippers, but like the road there is hell. And I think the fact of where Vince Staples kind of focusing on the hey you know I'm here I've got some success you know I'm, I'm doing interviews with GQ but I'm dropping these like yo shit was fucked up albums is very important and like you know I like, that's why I said it's, it's something where I have to admit I probably kind of give, need to give it more of a chance only because I even remember the last Vince Staples record I liked a lot but like I said it's just kind of hard to go through particularly in these times, but then you can make the argument that maybe that's when we kind of need to kind of give it a real listen because if there's anything we need to know, shit is really real out there. That's been the last two years.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, So moving on, uh, you know, uh, this band that... (laughs) (laughs) Their output is crazy, fam. Um, You know, Salt, we've talked about Salt a lot on this podcast. They've put out like six albums now in three years Oof. Oof. um you know and, and I, I feel like they're still one of the most unique bands and unique uh like artists I've, I've come across in the past like few years I kind of sing their praises high in the mountaintop um, and I'm always excited about a salt album and it's really interesting because I, I feel like their their albums have been, kind of a mix of like you know like Afrobeat and r&b and you know soul and things like that and they kind of like pull from this template um you know and, and i will say their last album kind of felt a little bit long in the tooth um after kind of maybe drawing from that well a little bit uh, too much uh and then this album i was really excited by and it is completely different It is like Completely Completely different It's not even
1: like Instrumentals of the old record It's like New (laughs) bands
0: Yeah Yeah Which I love though It it is a It's very orchestral It's definitely a soundtrack Um, It's definitely something Where it's just like It it sets a mood Um, It's a very interesting Kind of take on Like maybe the orchestra Because it feels very black At the same time um, But yeah, it's different. It hits different. Nice. Definitely hits Appar- different.
1: Rumor is apparently Kamazi watched it was backstage, some salt niggas showed up, decided to throw him fights, and then the salt was like, we're going to steal your sound, and that's, that's how we have this record. <laughs> it's <a beat> record. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like, uh, me and my friend were just kind of talking. You know, It's probably the same orchestra that plays the instrumentals on the Little Sims album, um, oh shit You know an introvert and, and maybe they just like They sure. had like some extra studio time <laughs> 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 And they're like let's, let's knock this shit out That's my That's <laughs> a going theory I have You know <laughs> um, But yeah It's just like it's, it's very interesting And I think it's something where I definitely have to Give it a few more listens But I just Admire the ambition like who who knew they that you know they're gonna come out and do something like this, and I think like the fact that I mean you know we kind of know who they are, but the fact like they're we still don't really know who they are. We still don't know who's involved with this record. It could be Kamasi, right? It could be like John Williams, <laughs> right? <laughs> like we we don't know, and I think like <laughs> you're able just imagine to imagine John Williams up. like
1: showing up there for BLM t shirt. <laughs> Like, I get, these, I get these Star Wars checks, but, you know, I'm out in these streets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you never know, fam. Um, so that's why I admire it about this album. Like it, It's just the ambition of it and just, like, the fact that, you know, when you don't have a face as a band, you can do whatever you want. And, yeah. you know, like, that's what they're doing here. Like, they, you know, they all have, like, Inflow has Adele money now. You know, like Cleo Souls blowing up. You know, like they all have like, you know, other income. So it's just like they don't really need to do this and like, you know, like have an album and tour the world and blah, blah, blah. Like, this, so why contain yourself? So,
1: yeah, no, it's, 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 I love the, I, it, and the thing is, what's kind of cool is the fact of where it's actually well made. Like, I was afraid it was going to sound like very cheesy or very chintzy. Like going back, you know, like some like crappy ass, you know, garage band fucking VSTs. Like it's a it's a very lush, well made orchestral album and I and I think that like I'll never be mad at creatives flexing their fucking creativity in different ways in different genres. And I like the fact of where it's like this is different. It's not just like I said, instrumentals of salt shit they had left over. And like I definitely love your theory of the idea of where they were like, "Hey, we're gonna go fucking orchestras over here for the, this couple of tracks. Let's let's keep it going. Let's let's we got four more days. Let's add through it." To it. And, and I and I like the idea of where you know they could kind of throw curveballs at you because like you said, they're it's a it's an unknown entity. We kind of we we, we kind of know who's in the band, but the idea is they don't have to have like music videos. There's no like salt fucking, you know, weed grinders that be sold. There's no fucking, you know, we aren't, there's no tour cycle. We got to show up in fucking Moscow where there isn't this fucking built in inherent like music industry. We need product, product, product to be able to branch out. And I'm not mad. And I think it's important that artists do that. You know, I think that unfortunately what kind of ends up happening is that they do, but it ends up being like self-funded projects that, you know, mixtapes got to sneak out. Things they got a leak on this fucking the SoundCloud, things like that. I like the fact that they put out a record that's completely different, that has some effort into it, and it's solid. So it's like, I can't. It's it's, it's what I like to listen to as a person. It's like give me something interesting, give me give me some some musical food to listen to, and I think they kind of nailed it. So you know, I can't. the Props to them. You know, they keep when they drop their fifth and sixth album of the of the year. <laughs> hopefully, I, I, the quality stays <laughs> <is> consistent.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, for sure.
1: And, uh, and then the last one is just a quick shout-out. Uh, speaking, speaking of the Don, John Williams gang, you know what I'm saying? Composers out here, you know what I'm saying? Shouts, shouts to Hans Zimmer, you know what I'm saying? Shouts <laughs> gang gang. Uh, Danny Elfman. So, you youngsters out there, Danny Elfman is a producer, composer, Mr. Hollywood Music Man. You may know him from small shows like The Simpsons. He's the one who basically does all the Tim Burton movies. He's just a mainstay. Basically, if you want to do something that has to do with a theme song, with a pop influence, that's going to be fucking Danny Elfman. And you go on to the idea of where even he himself had a past life where in the 80s he was in a band called Oingo Boingo, which you may not know, but like all new wave hits, have never died. Anytime you watch anything that flashes back to the '80s or any fucking old Navy, they're probably playing some of his music. Um, so he's had a wide and varied um varied career. So long story short, apparently he's been saying in interviews is that you know he went to Coachella a couple years ago, said hey, you know I've got this large body of work, like theme songs, my own pop stuff. It'd be nice to play Coachella, so he hit up um fucking um Golden Voice. They were like, yeah, cool. Then as we all know, what happened was COVID. But apparently where it gets interesting is during this time, and like he kind of said himself, it's like, you know, I'm the kind of guy try to keep everything upbeat. I love my family. We have all these big dinners. I had this thing planned. I was going to do Coachella. It'd be pretty fun. And like all of us, his world got turned upside down. And so as a result, apparently he kind of started working on his music on his own. Very sociopolitical, oddly enough. And when kind of, you know, things kind of eased off a little bit, he started kind of recording it. And so what you end up happening is this very straightforward, like got, homie looks like fucky, you know, Elton John, you know, out there, very nebbish, basically like showing up like Trent Reznor, muscles and all pushing 70 and shit, Sh-sh-sh-sh-sh. doing like, like hard rock punk, like shit. Like his album has like Donald Trump quotes is calling out old white men, sucking us dry, even though he's an old white man himself. It's just kind of interesting sociopolitical. And while I can say this much, I am not going to say it's a perfect piece of music. I kind of need to sit with it myself because there's lots going on there. What's kind of fascinating is the idea of where he kind of uses guitars and the orchestration very interchangeably. So you, when you hear it, it's like, all right, cool. This could be done by an orchestra in Carnegie Hall perfectly fine. Yeah. or it could be done by like a four piece punk band and like fucking like CBGB's you know what I'm saying wow. it's like it could go either way but what's kind of fascinating is the fact of where like he goes to Coachella and basically does a whole melange Whereas it's like you've got the Simpsons theme playing but it's suddenly there's a whole hard rock metal version in between you know he's, got, he's going on stage with basically most of the members of Nightish Nails fucking backing band you know what I'm saying Yeah. and also he's like killing it because it's like he got like, like the reason why I even knew about this was I knew about, like, how we had a rock album out, and usually, and means don't know, we get all these pressures, we see all these things popping up, and I was like, all right, cool, that's very nice. You know, nice passion project. It's kind of easy to kind of get caught up in the deluge of new music. So I kind of saw what's happening, but kind of ignored it, but I didn't realize to the extent of how serious he was taking it. So it was kind of cool, going back to the idea of Salt, to kind of bring it all home. I just like the fact of artists aren't letting themselves kind of, like, even in this capitalistic hellscape where... You know, you've got these young guys and girls and salts who are making this music who don't want to be pigeonholed, who are just like, fuck it, we'll do an orchestral orchestral album. And you've got a guy who makes his money doing orchestral albums, like, yo, fuck it, I'll make some, like, you know, some punk hardcore shit for real for real with, like, these anti-Trump fucking samples at pushing 70 and shit. So I like the idea of where you've got these creatives being creative and kind of pushing the paradigm forward where, again, I'm not going to say Elfman's record is probably the best rock record of the year, but it's definitely very solid. And I'm not gonna say that you know Salt's orchestral record compares to you know some of the better Salt records that we've loved, but the fact that they're swinging for it is fucking fantastic, and that's why I think we do the podcast, and that's why I listen to music, and that's why it's my favorite genre. That's mm-hmm. all.
0: That's what's up. Well,
1: definitely mm-hmm. check that out. Yep. Shots, shots, shots to Elfman. You know what I'm saying, Elfman gang. Be out here with the fishnets and the tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but as usual, things are getting warmer, getting nicer. You know, Things are feeling a little bit more at ease. All I'm going to say is I'm going to judge you. But remember, there's a pandemic still going on. Take care of yourselves. Take care of others. And
0: Peace. peace.